inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. And we're two siblings who happen to be blind. Outlook. Radio Western. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of the show Outlook here today on Radio Western. We're back in studio. My name is Brian, as I said there in the theme, and uh, I got my sister across the table from me in the studio here. Hi, Care. Good morning, everyone. Yes, I'm calling this June Mixed Bag Monday part, so part two. Yes. We don't normally do two in a row anymore with just you and me. We did, I think, uh, sometime at point, some point last year when we were still pre-recording from home, we did a couple of mixed bags in a row because I know okay. we did two in a month. But That's what we call them every one well, because we air live here on Radio Western every Monday morning live and then it becomes a podcast. So on the Monday mornings, we just, we like the alliteration. So we go with Mixed Bag Monday when it's a bunch of topics we talk about. Yeah, it's another one of those shows where we don't have a guest today. We do have one scheduled for next week, so we're looking forward to that. But this week we are just going to, just just the two of us talking about a bunch of uh, different things from, from recent uh, times and, and topics. So, yeah, it's good to be back. We are live, as I said, in the studio, which is kind of nice here. It's June sort of rounding out and hard to believe that we're already halfway through the year almost. Yeah, I was saying that to my guest I had staying with me last week, who I'm going to get into a bit here. And uh, yeah, it was saying that I can't believe it's already June, halfway through the year. I believe tomorrow's the first day of summer. Yeah, the 21st. I I checked that. So yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Summer begins tomorrow. Longest day of the year. Everybody loves all that sunlight, all that daylight. Indeed. (laughs) So what have you been up to, Brian? Much? You had a nice weekend with your friends, right? Yeah, it was a pretty busy weekend, actually, eh? It depends. Like I'm, I'm definitely the type that is pretty content just staying at home and mm. always have things to do at home and find things to, to keep me occupied. But it is good. I know it's yeah. healthy mentally for anyone to get out, and it's it's important to be around people. And especially now that the pandemic seems to be under control to some degree at the moment, and seems to always be the case during the summer. And especially now with with more shots, even compared to last summer, and more treatments available. There's different medications and things now. Uh, that uh, that you can get. Actually, both of us having had kidney transplants, there are. We already got an email from the from the from the kidney clinic here in London, giving us the whole process. If we did get, um, you know, feel symptoms of COVID, that they have a whole system for us to get in, and because obviously we are we're our immune our immune systems are compromised, so they have a whole plan to hopefully protocol. Yeah, I mean, it's still I'm still avoid trying to avoid it, and as far as I'm aware, I haven't gotten. Yeah, so far we both avoided it. COVID. I mean, I. I did feel off for a couple of days around Christmas, so it's possible, but mm. who knows? I tested negative, and I only tested once, so hard to say, but I'm pretty sure I haven't. So anyway, um, yeah, it's been good to get out. So this weekend was, it was quite busy for me. I guess uh, Friday, after I had my music shows on Friday, I actually, last spur of the moment, I thought, oh, maybe my one friend is, is around on Fridays. He's pretty busy, but I think he has Fridays uh, are a bit more open, so I reached out and picked me up, went to uh, Angelo's, a nice uh, Italian bakery, and they also have a lot of other food and Yeah, uh, if you've never been there, hot you're food. in London, check it out. Yeah, it's, Angelo's has been here, I think, a long time. There used to be two locations. I think now there might just be one, and uh, they have a patio out there now, so it was kind of nice to sit outside and just hung out for about an hour. You didn't, I, you didn't need anything with fresh strawberries that day, did you? 
I know they're in season right now, so. No, I didn't know it was, uh, I didn't know quite that they were around yet Mm -hmm. for strawberry season, but I found out the next day because uh, another good friend of mine, actually, somebody I've known, well, both of these friends. Yeah, you have a a bunch of friends that, well, more than me, that you've had since childhood. Yeah, I feel, you know, I don't take that for granted. I feel fortunate because I, I don't know, I think sometimes a lot of it's just luck and chance that you end up meeting certain people, of course. At certain stages of your life. And yeah. Some people stick around for certain seasons of your life and others... But it seems... I wonder. I don't know how common it is, and I'm sure it's mixed between people, but how many people have friends from, you know, kindergarten, and in my case, the, the one friend that I hung out with Friday I've had since, since kindergarten, and then the other one I met briefly in grade two, but we really became friends, I think, in grade three and grade four, and then he went on to a different school at that point, but we, st- we continued to be friends up until now, so that was you know, since 1995, 96, so, you know, over 25 years at this point, and Mm -hmm. it's just nice. I don't see him too often. He lives a bit further away, but not too far, out in the country, kind of near Tilsonburg and Elmer and and those types of areas here in Ontario, Canada. Yeah, he's out there with his solar panels and his his pond on his property. Yeah, he's very creative as far as, like, you know, building and, and... and researching alternative energy and all this stuff. So he has some solar panels there and is able to power his entire house there. And it's it's pretty pretty impressive uh, mm-hmm. setup nice he has setup there. there yeah. So I, I don't know. I always find I learn a lot from him just living sort of a different life. He's not, I think another interesting thing, Care, that we've talked about on this show is I met a lot of friends through music and mm-hmm. being able to play guitar and form bands. That was a good networking opportunity. But Kevin, this guy, never... You know, he enjoys listening to music, but he's never a musician, never in that. So it's kind of a different type of friend from some of my other ones that are more creative and, and he's, artsy. And he's not into he doesn't he's not into sports. So you guys talk about different things than you would with others that you're like this fantasy sports you've been doing lately, and you know, music and sports. That's a big one for a lot of people to connect with. with yeah, I don't with really connect on either of those things so much with him. It's more just we've known each other for so long, and yeah. we just always have a good time. We had a, a bonfire. He has a a little boat that he just installed a little motor in and powered it with a car battery so we were it doesn't go that wasn't fast it, wasn't it last year wasn't it more like a paddle boat yeah it was more like a canoe type like a rowboat yeah something like that I'm not a apparently I don't really know much about boats <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah that one yeah it was a little more tippy and you did have to paddle it whereas this one you know it, it's not a super fast yeah, it's, um, pr- it's pretty steady. But it does have three speeds, and yeah, it wasn't Ooh, it's not too tippy, and the one's super slow, and then it gets... <laughs> I like how you call it tippy. ...a tiny bit faster, and, and uh, yeah. so we went on a little, uh, a little boat ride on Saturday night, and then had a bonfire, and actually uh, his neighbors, which he doesn't really know them, he's not close to them or anything, but they're quite far enough away, you know, in the country, things are a bit more spaced out, but they ended up having this firework display we had no idea they were going to have, and it was a perfect, I guess they were said they had a pretty good view from the bonfire we were at, and the sound was quite impressive, like, these weren't, you know, just a little display, it was a, they must have spent quite a bit of money, you know, fireworks aren't cheap, like, there were some huge sounds. You said you stepped out of the boat, and right away they Yeah, it was like the second we got, it was like, oh, welcome to shore, and then... (laughs) <laughs> and my friend was joking that, that he's like, yeah, I actually planned that. I told them uh, that you were coming. So yeah. they, they did this just for you. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it was, a, it was a fun weekend to get away out in the country and get outside more. Yeah, and because you live in London and you have an apartment that doesn't have a patio or like a balcony or, you know, whatever. Unfortunately. So, yeah. So, you know, it's nice when you can get into different environments. Yeah. And he's, he's always been more of a country always wanted to kind of live outside of the big cities. When I lived in Toronto, he did come to visit like 
couple of times, mm-hmm. but he's just didn't really see him as much because it is quite the drive, especially if you don't. Well, he's the one you he's the one you went to New not New Zealand. We were just talking about New Zealand, yeah. <laughs> Iceland, Iceland. Yeah, five years ago, actually, almost coming up on five years, we went to Iceland. But even together. that's a big that was a big journey for him. So yeah, he hasn't traveled so much, and so it was nice that you two did that. And uh, yeah, so stayed overnight because it's far enough away, and to drive me take me home and stuff is a bit much. So yeah. always stay overnight and hung out there, and then. Yesterday, he ended up, he dropped me off in Woodstock, care where, where you live, and uh, we had some Father's Day celebration last night, just a, just nothing too over the top, just some pizza and hung out with the family there, so that was nice to... Some fudge? No, <laughs> not for everybody. <laughs> no, I had a bite. But yeah, that was a nice, a nice Father's Day, nice Sunday. Yeah, so I guess once more, happy Father's Day, I guess it's past now, but you can say that anytime, I guess, but mm-hmm. um, happy Father's Day to everyone out there, and mentioned this before but of course not always the easiest time for for everyone it's like certain holidays yeah same with christmas and these times when you don't have, your family isn't as close as you maybe wish it was or if you've gone through or if you're you know if your parents aren't aren't alive anymore like there's a lot of times where it can be difficult for some people so we like to acknowledge that on outlook here as well yeah several friends and things that have lost their fathers and stuff and but um, I focus all month long of, in June f- on Father's Day and fathers just because... Especially this year. Yeah, this year especially. As we've talked about in previous episodes here of Outlook, it's my 25th kidney transplant anniversary from my father. So Father's Day and the month takes on a whole other thing, and especially it's the 25-year mark. So uh, I was actually um, featured in the uh, Kidney Foundation's... I think it's a newsletter, uh, an online magazine, and you can get you can get the articles on their website, kidney.ca. Yeah, it's the K- Canada Kidney Foundation, and on their on their homepage, there's a there's a, a section of, um, that has different stories from uh, from transplant recipients. And Carrie was actually featured on one. It's just simply titled Carrie's Story on the on the main page there, and uh, we'll post the link in the podcast notes. Of course, you can always find us on podcast services outlook on radio western just search that up wherever you get your podcasts and we we always put notes with the podcasts and uh yeah, links that we refer to on the show if you want to check them out sometimes i hear things on the radio all the time on the cbc or wherever i'm listening and i'm like whoa i want to check that out and nowadays you can just search it up and with podcasts for most things on there it's it's great yeah so it's uh definitely it's, it's a pretty neat little article it's great that they featured you on here so yeah it's in the community stories section on the homepage there and there's actually, I just thought this was kind of neat. There's Larry's story. <laughs> and then right after that is Carrie's story. I didn't, and, uh, we didn't plan that either. I'm sure there'll be more stories posted. So yours might not be on the homepage, you know, forever, but uh, it's, well, up, it's up there now. So I was, cool. I was interviewed by someone from the foundation a couple months back. And uh, luckily they were great, gracious enough to let us promote this show um, in, in that article. And, but it was mostly about my kidney disease experience and transplant. And uh, yeah, I just got an, an email this past week that the article was there, it was up, also that they would be featuring the story on their socials on actual on the actual Father's Day. So yesterday they they did. So I uh, reconnected with someone from the, my past, volunteering there in the past. Uh, she saw it. That's why I still like social media. I know Facebook, as we say, is sort of... <laughs> yeah, and I think one of these days we do have to try to send out, set up an Instagram, but I actually heard... Uh, well, I'm thinking more of a newsletter for Outlook. I, I've heard that newsletters are big, but I would need some help with, I think Instagram might... I don't know. I just, I don't know. I still think that's just a good way to reach fans. And it's a a lot quicker. I actually, um, this radio show I really love from, uh, it's a a guy who used to live in Toronto, but now lives in in, uh, the Czech Republic, um, does a show. And 
It's called Aw Man, if anyone wants to look it up. A-W-W-M-A-N.net. But anyhow, it's um, he actually talked about that, that he just finally got an Instagram set up. And he's like, I still like Facebook better because I can, I guess there's a word limit on Instagram because it's more photo-based. Yeah, that's the thing. You you can write captions and little things and stories now is the big thing. They call it stories. Both Facebook and Instagram have this. But it is still more photo-based. So I've been talking a lot to a lot of other blind people to see who uses Instagram and how they, how they kind of do it. And... Uh, it's been done. It's just... Yeah, so I, he, he was just pretty much saying, like, you know, I just finally got around to setting this up and meaning to do it for a long time, and he's he still seems to like Facebook better and for the playlist and being able to have, like, full-out posts, but I think it's just another way to kind of get the word out about your show, and he said it was getting quite a bit of attention, so I do just, for whatever, you know, everyone always changes to different things, and... Yeah, we kind of have to evolve with the times. I just find, you know, you can't... Maybe you can't be too rigid about it. Yeah. Some people don't like reading a lot of text but I just think you get more sometimes out of that I think I know obviously we we do live in a, a visual world and and I know photos are definitely bring a lot of attention and I and I get that but I think it is important to have a, an outlet where you can kind of write more of a um, your opinion or something or your feelings on something to give it more depth and a little bit more to that so definitely not going to get rid of our we'll our see what the rest of soon. 2022 brings yeah so I don't know speaking of the kidney stuff this is like you said the whole month one thing we wanted to talk about on last week's Mixed Peg show, but I tend to, I always feel like I don't have tons to say. And then once a microphone gets in front of me, I sometimes don't stop talking. So yeah. we didn't even get to it last week. So Kara, maybe I'll have you uh, kind of take over that, uh, where we went to the went to the ROM, I guess, a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah. Speaking of transplant celebrations and things, I'm at this stage now with the pandemic where I kind of feel like I need to travel again, sort of. It, it feels like it's I'm at the top of this mountain looking down at the other side of my kidney transplant journey. And, you know, 25 years, most people don't make it to that. So then it's like, how much longer do I have this kidney for? And I feel this urge to keep holding on to it as long as I can. But once you need it, um, you know, once the kidney starts to fail again, you need to go back. Well, not everybody, but often you'll have to go back on dialysis before you can get another transplant. So I'm always, I always have that sort of looming over my head and the idea of traveling now because there's things I want to see. And once you're on dialysis, we were discussing how sort of tied down you are. You have to be there to get the treatments multiple times a week. And if you don't get them, you can get really sick things can build up in your system and all that. So it's hard once you're on dialysis. There are like camps and different places that have actual nurses. And this summer we're probably going to do an episode about camp. Different kind of camps that are out there, the ones we've attended over the years for the kidney transplant stuff. For There are different blindness camps and summer being a camp season, the theme. So we'll do that. Yeah, but you're right. I guess I, I didn't even think of that at first about the, the fact that, yeah, we went because I never went there when I was on dialysis. But you... Oh, no, you were done by no, the time we I were went done, there, right? But I'm just saying that they have they nurses. They did have the option there, can. though, if you still were on dialysis to go to this camp. And yeah, yeah, that's the thing about traveling. I had a vague memory. I don't remember too much, but it was when I was on dialysis for the second time after my first kidney uh, stopped working in, uh, in the early 2010s there. Um, it was like 2010 or 2011 that there's some talk of going to some concerts or something in the U.S. with some friends, but it was like a four or five day thing. And it was just like, it's not really practical. You can... They would sometimes be flexible to schedule a dialysis run, like an extra one, and then you could maybe take one day off. Yeah, maybe a night away or from normal, a few but days. you can't really take more than that. And then you always have that worry if there's an emergency or something comes up when you're on dialysis. Yeah, you know when you're not feeling the best, it, it does make it hard. So, you know, I was on dialysis there for three years. Longer that time, than I so. have ever been. So I just don't know what my next experience with it all will be. Right. I'll be older, and you know, I don't know. So I, I really feel this urge to travel. You know, I want to see Louis Braille's birthplace and 
um, go back and visit friends in Ireland and, you know, where else? I don't know. But with the pandemic still looming, it's hard. It's a chaotic travel summer from what I'm hearing from friends and, and people. And so I, you know, I don't, I'm not jumping to do it, but I feel sort of it pushing at my back, kind of nudging me. Uh, but um, we did make a, a plan a couple of weeks back to go to the ROM in Toronto, uh, Royal Ontario Museum. Uh, with some family. Uh, we met up there with our brother who lives in the area and we had a nice day at the museum and specifically for the Great Whales exhibit, I wanted to go. Uh, but we also saw things on, you know, biology and natural world and dinosaurs, which is what our nephews are sort of into. And it was a nice day. And uh, again, it was an experience. Do you wear a mask? Don't you? <laughs> uh, we walked to this, what they call a bat cave, which is a whole experience teaching you about bats. So they have like, you, you know, you hear the bats squeaking and they, the the ground is supposed to be, te it's like you're walking on bat droppings, like if you were in an if, actual cave with bats. You know, and we, we got, we got some, some things out of it. Of course, a museum is, isn't always the most accessible when you can't see, because a lot of things are visual. I mean, there are other things that you get in, and I get, but I guess in this bat cave, if you looked up, you could see them like bats above you and stuff like that, like on the ceilings they and stuff like that. They to make it like you're immersed in Yeah, like you're actually in a real bat cave so there's just there it's always interesting going to those types of things and you know we have people with us that are help helping read some stuff and and uh explain everything and, and yeah like if you if you contact the museum more and more true we didn't really do and, that and so galleries much. will have like accessible tours and things where they'll let you t access more things but we wanted to just be with family so we just went with it and I just thought it was really cute. A couple times there'd be exhibits and our nephew would sort of pull us over. Hey, Auntie Carrie, Uncle Brian, I found Braille. Right. And that's just it. You, you teach the, the you know, kids at a young age about Braille and especially if they have blind people in their, in their family there. and then They look they, for it, yeah. And yeah, you seek it out and you see it and it's like a cool thing. Like, oh my God, like, here you go. What is the, what does it say? And yeah, what does it say? That's what they always... It's pretty neat. And you, you mentioned the not touching things. I remember we were on the main floor when we got in and there was like a big camel I think it was and at first my other sister uh, Kim was kind of showing me it and I was touching it for a second and I was like oh this shoot there's a do not touch sign <laughs> um, and it's just I don't know sometimes it's kind of unfortunate that but I get it in a way especially since COVID now that brings in a whole new thing with it does but germs and touching, museums but. have different rules for their different you know artifacts and things they have there and you know they have to preserve them in certain ways and so it can be tricky and then there are a bunch of words everywhere you could spend days in there reading about everything so occasionally we'll get someone to read it or if we find braille we read a bit of it ourselves but yeah so it's nice to see that they are sort of incorporating some braille in there at least and yeah know. we talk about braille all the time on the show and we just want to see it more out in the community it should just be out in the world for those who know it and yeah, well, I haven't, to expose others to it I haven't checked in a while but there's uh, bathrooms up here on the second floor in the UCC near where oh, we near the studio where we host the show And don't get me started <laughs> sorry I just, I just had to mention when you talk about braille mm -hmm. that I think some of the bathrooms in, in, in uh, at Western might have braille I haven't I've never went to school here, so I've only really been in the UCC for the most part. I went I to another building for my violin lessons for a while. I was getting violin lessons from a, she was a student here at the time, and I don't believe they had them there. But there were like there were new sections of the building, and I just you know it was just recently uh, National Accessibility Week, and the the theme was like accessible from the start, from the get go, from the beginning. When you make things accessible from the beginning, it's 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 just hard when you have to add them in after the fact. Yeah, because things are already there, and it's. 
you think like a little thing with Braille and it wouldn't be much. And it's in the grand scheme of things, it's not. But it's just it is an extra thing to do after if you haven't already done it. And mm-hmm. if nobody mentions it or talks about it, it doesn't always get done. And it doesn't get the attention. And then they'll say they don't have the budget right now for that. Or it's it's just it like, seems like how long how much does it take to make a nameplate with some? It Braille? does seem like something. Especially by, for a bathroom, I think it is pretty important to have yes, Braille I, outside I thought there, it should so. be standard by this point. For sure. But anyway. Whereas they couldn't put everything in the museum into Braille. That would be probably... Or yeah, there's so that. much text. That you'd almost have to have like a barcode you could scan with your phone and then it brings up like a Yeah, well, museums whole, are doing that. Or if you download the app, they might... They must have an app, wouldn't they? I would think so. And then you could probably download that. And so there's always different ways around it. Yes. But again, not everyone has a phone maybe, but I, I guess... Nope. It also comes down to, in these times, you almost have to. It's like anything. Time, things move on. and if- Yeah, our own mother swore she'd never get a cell phone, and she kind of still hasn't. She just shares our father's cell phone, our smartphone, but oh, that's funny. But, yeah, the museum was pretty cool, and uh, the whale exhibit, there was a really cool section where you could stand there, and there was, like, a, a narrator talking about how deep certain whales dive and how they use their sonar, and it, you could hear the clicking of the sonar down deep where there's no more light. That's how d- far down they go to, to locate prey. And uh, that was pretty cool, just standing there hearing that. But, but yeah. Yeah, and you could walk along the whale to see how big it was. Yeah, see the length of one. So my, of my niece whales. was walking ahead of me and being like, see, it's this long, it's this far. And so it was a fun day. Yeah, so there's all, all sorts of neat things, but you're on your feet quite a bit there going through everything. And mm-hmm. so by the end, it's it's not like, you know, super tiring but it's enough where at the end it is kind of like whoo that was quite the whirlwind of yeah. events there and and, uh, and then there's the gift shops there where they have all sorts of things and oh. that's always gets the kids kids going when what you, they call stuffies a lot of stuffed animals and of course all animals and dinosaurs and uh, I think our niece got a little nar- pink narwhal with a little horn um, but there was like an elephant that was a giant stuffed animal for like three thousand dollars <laughs> like who buys that yeah, the Queen of England? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, we wanted to talk about that last week. Didn't get to it, so we talked about it today. Uh, talking about accessibility, which most people might not think about when they go into a museum. Yeah, so it's just interesting. And there was actually someone that showed us there was a fossil embedded within a, a rock, yeah, I think. it was like a trilobite, or I think it was tri, like three sections. And uh, Yeah, so that was kind of neat, neat to feel, and he was explaining it to us a little bit and yeah which is that's something they'd probably do for anybody yeah he's just kind of walking around and he wants to educate certain people or anyone who might be interested to check that out so that was a couple weeks ago and uh, I thought maybe I'd I'd talk a bit about my last week that I just had here since we did our last episode yeah for sure you had you had a visitor this this past week I did uh, so her name's Nicole, and she's she's actually originally from Brazil, uh, but she's currently, she's been living in Ireland for several years now. I think before that, she lived in Sweden. So she's just one of those people that leaves home, she left home in like her early 20s after she finished school, and uh, being that far away from family, you know, it has its challenges. And then she moved and t- tried a different few different t- countries in Europe there to see kind of where she fit. It's she, interesting when she you... She met people there, and... When you meet people like that or talk about people like that, like, you know, I have a friend that moved over to England like 10 years ago and hasn't mm. moved back. And it's, I, I definitely, I get it. I think it's an interesting thing, but I don't, I can't imagine it. Like I've always been, you know, I know mo- a lot of people have moved quite a bit, even growing up, if they move to different schools. Well, she told me she's moved like 20 something times. Wow. Or something like I've moved three times. But again, you moved a few times within like yeah. one 
like a 20 minute yeah i didn't move radius, across country i didn't move across the world and i moved to toronto but they, you know that's still only in southwest still in southern ontario here it's not yeah that far away so it's hard to imagine just like moving so much and i don't know i do like kind of being around here i have so many friends and stuff and i know you can meet people in new areas but it just seems like it would be yeah. starting fresh with everything and i just have so much here already i can't it's an adventurous spirit that yeah, i it's neat to i i love to meet people and talk to them about that because there's a small part of me that thinks that might be something interesting to do. It really does give you a new perspective, but it takes a lot to do it and not everybody yeah, will. Yeah, for me, I think traveling and then coming home is enough instead of actually right. making the leap. Well, she but. feels like she's at home now in Ireland and she's she's right. met someone there and she's got a life going. So we met, I think it's 2018. She found me on Twitter or something. I don't even know anymore. That's the fun funny thing about it. Uh, but she had a Twitter account and since then has an Instagram account uh, you can find her at Empty Uterus. <laughs> so it's right to the point, which is what I like when I met her. She's 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 very direct and, and tells things like they are to, to people and talks about how she's what she's thinking. And, and that's nice because a lot of people, uh, me included often, you don't always say what's what you're thinking. And Yeah, you're kind of, you dance around certain things, mm-hmm. but you're not maybe as specific and, and stuff like that. And sometimes that can be okay, but sometimes it's like people aren't really being quite, themselves or you yeah, don't know you're not totally authentic yeah and it's uh, there's there's a lot of reasons why you don't and if you're not comfortable or you aren't able to show that side of you but uh so yeah nicole her name is so you can find her nicole louie l-o-u-i-e and she also has a blog here it's called emptyuterus.org so it's a very direct name and you can kind of guess from it which is probably what she wants what it means uh, she's chosen to be um childless and she's writing a book about the the whole experience of women who don't have children and for different reasons hers is different than mine but she was seeking other people out other women who might want to be in her book that she could also feature uh, just to get the issues more made more aware in society because we're still no matter what country you're in she interviews people from all over the world that the culture in these countries you know people ask you are you going to have kids why aren't you a mother don't you wish you could be one if you aren't like so she's got a lot of quotes on her website, a lot of feminist type quotes. And she's got one here that says, women's freedom is the sign of social freedom. And that one's by Rosa Luxemburg, which <laughs> I guess she was probably controversial. She was a Polish and German revolutionary socialist Marxist philosopher. That's wow. a, a bit yeah. of a mouthful. Impressive. Uh, you know, and of course, the socialist word that's right. in North America these days is kind of fraught with a bunch of... There's a lot of debates going on. Ba- debates and Marxism, I don't know tons about, but, you know, it was the, what was going on in Europe back in the in, 20, in the 20th century. And basically that quote just sort of sums up what her website's about. Uh, you know, and that's what I, I talk a lot about and what I read a lot about and what I'm focusing on is like... Whether it's LGBTQ rights, Pride Month, or Indigenous People's Day, you know, here now, which it's like freedom for, if you don't have freedom for some, you won't have it for all. It, it, it doesn't look that way if you're the one who's in the majority, but it's true. In society, it's just the more, you know, the more we accept all of our, all of our differences and who we are, it's... So that includes women who choose not to have children and women who can't. And often there's, you know, words for that, you know. And that could even tie into the other topic that we won't get into in detail, but the, the whole abortion stuff going well, on now, too. Yeah, I was kind of going to allude to that. In some, in some uh, way. We're getting up close to the first break on Outlook today, but uh, 
I don't know. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about how I'm in her book and for my reasons are different. And so she came to visit me for a few days. She came to Canada for the first time. Uh, she's seeing a few friends, a few editors. She knows a few people in Toronto area. She's, I think she's in Sault Ste. Marie right now. And she heads back to Ireland on Tuesday, but tomorrow actually, I guess. But, uh, you know, we just worked on my chapter and made it more cohesive and worked on some of the transitions she's hoping to start pitching again and so I asked her permission to talk about it on the show today uh, obviously empty uterus gets people's attention but you know that's kind of what she wants as I said and so it was just great to get to know her she stayed in my house for a few days and she brought me some tea some Irish tea and some soap and some fudge so that was very nice of her and yeah I just introduced her to my family we had dinner with you there that one day and with our sister Kim, we went out to Stratford, wanted to show her that little town, not too far from Woodstock, and so it was just nice. But we did work also, so we had some fun. It's a lot of talks. Nice mix of fun and work. Yeah, a lot of talks. You know, just for her to get to know me and to see me in my own environment, to see me with Braille, to understand more about blindness, and that's not only reason why I'm in the situation I'm in. And I'll talk about it more when you know. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't know if you wanted to with the book. give anyone sort of an idea of your situation, or maybe they want you want to. It can also be a personal thing, so I don't know if it's something you want to get into, or also maybe people could wait to to read the book because I won't I won't get too far into it. But it's not necessarily that you totally didn't want children; that was no. your choice not to. There's other reasons why maybe you you aren't or I've, you can't I've, or you don't know if you w- could will. Yes, I don't know if I will, and so it's a complicated issue that women deal with in society. Like, do I not? Do I think I did? I grow up thinking I would have kids because I wanted them, or it's because that's what just what you do. And in our and in our family, you know, especially like. You know, yeah. on our on our mom's side, like all of her. That's what I mean. I, siblings. I, I explained to Nicole that you know my my grandmother had six kids, six kids. My other grandmother had five. My mom had four. My sister has two. It's just it's all around me. So to to get that perspective, especially growing up in somewhere like Woodstock, I see friends I went to school with on Facebook. They all have kids now. They all talk about their kids, and I'm happy for them. I love to to hear little videos of their children and to be around my nieces and nephews. So it's a complicated issue that I tried to explain in one little section that's hopefully going to make it into her book and uh, hopefully I told her hopefully we'll see I can send her a picture one day of her book on my bookshelf with the other books that I have there I like to feature books on my shelves at home from people I know who've had them had books published and things like that so hopefully uh, hopefully I'll talk more about this issue when the book there's more to talk about with the book but it was a great visit uh, you never know what it's like to be with someone in person we've been communicating yeah you for meet a somebody while. new it's you talk to them online and you mm-hmm. you know you even had some talk, actual you know phone call you know whatsapp or whatever conversations but mm-hmm. to actually meet someone in person it still has a bit of a different feel and it's you never quite know always what to totally expect but mm-hmm. it sounds like it all really worked out and you, you had a pretty good time there last week yep so that's what i've been up to all right well with that i think we'll go into our first break here on outlook Thanks for listening, and we'll be right back with more of today's program. Outlook. On Radio Western. And welcome back to the show. Thanks again for tuning in today. My name's Brian. I got my sister, Karen in the studio here with me today, live on the Western campus in the University Community Centre. And, uh, yeah, today's our another Mixed Bag Monday, part two for June. Two weeks in a row where it's just the two of us. Pretty much the way the show began, and before we really started having a lot of guests, it was just the two of us most weeks, and it's kind of nice sometimes just to have a bit of a chilled-out episode without a guest to prepare for and interview and just have more of a 
Well, the show's about outlooks, so it's about ours, and it's about the people we, we bring on to talk to. So, as I was saying before the break, uh, you get the outlook from someone, a friend you meet who may live far, far away. Maybe they come to visit you, which is what I had happen this past week. Uh, but uh, just, you know, it's good to show perspective, which is kind of what my piece in, in Nicole's book is all about. So, again, you can find her if you want to know for more, more information on feminism or on childlessness, whether, you know, chosen or circumstantial uh, you can go to emptyuterus.org and she's got a lot of resources there and follow her empty uterus on socials and of course you know uh, you can uh, we'll post the link in the in the podcast notes as well to uh, Nicole's uh, site mm. so you can always search us on Outlook on Radio Western and, and find that but as we were talking about before, we we're talking about accessibility and museums and things. And it was recently accessibility week and the theme was inclusive from the start. So like I say, whatever it is in a museum or anywhere else, it's nice when things can be built in universal design and all these things that we try to talk about and we have to talk more about. Yeah, it's the type of thing I haven't been to too many museums, like maybe a few that I'm forgetting about. Obviously, the Children's London Museum here in town, which... We went to growing up. I'm not actually sure if that... They talked about uh, that that was closing, and I'm not sure really... they moved it somewhere else. Yeah, it seems like it would be a hard thing to move, because there was so much stuff in there. It was so memorable, though, the way it was in this giant old school schoolhouse building, and yeah, they had this, like, general store and, like, like, a Pioneer Times... Is you just actually, it's like a whole exhibit where you can walk through. It's obviously for children. Well, I was actually there more recently because they had this festival, this music festival there called Gricklegrass, which is actually oh, done yeah. now too. Uh, they had the final one, I think, in 2019. How could you end something called, that has such a fun I know, name? what a name. Eh? I thought that was always really cool. But I didn't even find out about it until more recently, even though I've been in London now for coming up on 10 years. Mm-hmm. But a, a friend of mine that I met in uh, at Fanshawe College in Music Industry Arts actually came down and uh, we went to the to the final one, and it was it was a lot of fun. And we did we actually went a couple a year before that or two years before that, I think. And we actually did go through some of the stuff. And there's like an old school room in there mm-hmm. that you could sit in. There was actually a cave in there as well that I remember climbing in. <laughs> I'm an adult now, so it felt kind of weird, but I think that's the point. <laughs> it's more for adults. This festival. You had a birthday party there when we were kids. Yeah, when I was I think when I turned ten, we must might have got free uh, um, tickets to a birthday party. I forget through our dad's work or where that was through, but. Yeah. But uh, yes, so many memories from from there. So I guess I've been to some museums, but not in a while. So it was kind of neat to go. Mm. Actually, when we were when we were in Washington D.C. a long time, or yeah, a long time ago, we did go to some sort of museum there. I think, right? Yeah, that was uh, the museum of the uh, Ford's Theater where uh, Lincoln was shot and killed. Right, and they did show us a couple of little things there that we could yeah, we could like, feel like the and, size of his hand to see how what a big man he kind of was, and yeah, I so did check a few things out there, and yep. I've had a few experiences. They're kind of cool, especially the more immersed you can get on something, the better. When it's things behind glass and behind velvet ropes, it's a little harder to understand, which I love multimedia and multisensory exhibits. And so we talk about that on Outlook when we can. But as I was saying, there was also another date recently here in June, and uh, we have a statement from, she was a past guest of ours, right, Brian? Yeah, we had Penny LeClaire on, I think, around a year ago. If you search Penny LeClaire in our feed or just go back into the... 2021, and I think it was maybe June. I have to check on that, but yeah. we had we had Penny LeClaire on, and it was just a really great. Again, we we talk about blindness so much on this show because that's what we both um, how we are both of our disability is blindness, but we really want to try to incorporate more disabilities. And and Penny is deaf blind, and that's just an area I don't know as much about. I've ne- haven't you know associated with as many people in that in that world, and in a way, it's it's tricky. I mean, deaf blind is a whole other thing too. Like just 
just being deaf is is something that I well, don't. We rely so much on what we can hear because we can't see, and and then there's deaf blindness people who ever again it's like blindness. There's a spectrum, right? Right. And Penny, she's had some cochlear implants, and mm-hmm. she did talk about when she when we had her on, which you can go find in, in more detail. But she did talk about period where she didn't have the cochlear implants or before she had them, and that she did have very little hearing then and couldn't really hear anything, and then she did get them another one. Because um, you get, I think you get one covered, and I don't know where they're at with that. But the next one is harder to get covered, and it's a whole thing that it's like anything you do, you need to replace it eventually. It's not going to last forever. Yeah. And, uh, and nowadays with smartphones, you can hook it right up to your phone or whatever. Right. And you can get it right in your ear, and so yeah, we had a great interview but, with her. But we got to hear about what it's like to be both something deaf and blind. And again, speak going back to Facebook. She, I follow her on on Facebook now, and her posts are always just so. Well, she's an she's an advocate. She's an activist. She's been around longer than us. She's you know. And it's just also a bit of a different area because it's blindness is in there, but it's also deaf blind, which is its own thing in a way. And mm-hmm. and it's it, I don't always love the word inspiration because I don't always you know. Yeah, everybody always calls. Yeah, it it's that. always a bit much. But I guess I don't know if there's a better word, Carrie. You being the the writer, maybe you can. She's think of a one, leader. But, I think she's just a leader. Uh, that's a good word. I think. And it's something about the way she writes, which will give you will give you a little sample here of one of her posts. But yeah. the way she writes is just so well written and so I don't know it always just it, it really does make you think make me think and, and uh, it makes me really happy to, to see her posts and it always makes puts me in a good mood and gives me a different perspective and I always learn so much from her so just big shout out to to Penny LeClaire and yeah it's her outlook on things but yeah it's, you know her experience with it and and it's what the state of it is in Canada for people especially during the pandemic there were additional challenges and needing interpreters and needing some help there uh when everybody was keeping their distance and and when you're deaf and blind you often have to do sign language with your hand on the other person's hand and when they spell to you or you know there's just different ways of communicating and it's all people who can't hear which Brian and I don't really live in that kind of world we don't understand what that's like and so that's why we talk to different people because we know people with the same thing with blindness people don't if you're not blind if you don't have people in your life you don't you don't know what what it's like and uh but yeah, she recently recently spoke at a Senate of Canada reception for deaf, you know, National Deaf Blind Awareness Month. So that is this month, National yes. Deaf Blind Awareness Month. Yes. Yeah, and she talked. She did talk in a post as well about traveling there and going there. And she went independently. Right. I think she went on her own. Her partner wasn't able to go that time. And and she just sounds like she does. She manages very well on her own independently. If when it, you know, and and I just I love I love to see that the more independent blind people out there and deaf blind people and anyone with a disability who's sort of breaking some of those stereotypes and, and barriers to be able to get out there in the world. And yeah, she's not staying silent. She's not no. staying hidden. She's out there and she's making making a difference and making thing, her, her life count and leaving leaving a mark on, on our society, which it's going to help us all learn more. So she says, I'm honored to speak to you today on behalf of Canadians who are deaf blind We all wondered, well, here we are. In the last two years, we have noticed a few positive changes that are due to the increased awareness of the needs of people who are deafblind. This year, Canada created a national occupation code for interveners or personal support workers for deafblind Canadians. This truly is a milestone accomplishment to have the career of services to deafblind people recognized. We have seen some increase of services across Canada, but so many Canadians who are deafblind still have no services. Yeah, and so she says, I, co- I co-chair along with Karen 
MADHAL, the National Deaf Blind Awareness Month group, which increases awareness of the needs of all Canadians who are deaf blind. Together, consumers and agencies across Canada collaborate to bring more essential services to people who are deaf blind. Members of the Deaf Blind Network of Ontario are busy planning for the 18th Deaf Blind International World Conference, which is coming to Ottawa, Canada, on Saturday, July the 22nd to Friday, July the 28th, 2023, to the theme of Global Connections, the Future in Our Hands. The conference will be a hybrid affair, which means you can attend in person or virtually. There is no doubt at all that the Senate of Canada enhances our efforts of increasing awareness through having proclaimed the month of June as Deafblind Awareness Month. We thank senators for their recognition of the needs of people who are deafblind. Yeah. So, so you know, that's um, that's good work she's doing, advocating. And a lot of us in the blindness community, we, we've just been learning the last five years about advocacy. And if you want to make changes, you often have to get out there and speak to senators and speak to politicians. And I, that's just not my strong suit. I wish, I wish you got better training in school on, on sort of... Well, these, these, you know, civil, civil. Again, I think. I don't know. I wish. You, <laughs> you can't even think of the word to no, use. because it's not really, it, I, I don't feel comfortable in that well, whole world. Well, last week I talked, I talked on this show about the, the recent provincial election here and the, the right. inaccessible experience of voting and how through the AODA, the Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act how, you know, there's still, there's recommendations from them, but it's still not required for provincial and municipal elections here in Ontario to be accessible. And it's just the whole thing really does frustrate me because it's 2022 here. Come on, everyone. But I think, again, unfortunately, even though I feel like we shouldn't always be the ones doing all the work, other people, especially politicians mm. and these people who are, but I, I re- also realize that there's just, especially now since the pandemic even adding on, there's just so many issues. It's yeah. always hard to do everything. But I, know. I do think... And I, it's easy to say, but I think eventually I am really going to try to reach out to some MPPs. And and I think, again, sometimes, Kara, I think you, you definitely bring up a good point that it isn't probably taught well enough here in schools and, and, and stuff like that. But I think a lot of times, you and I both, we tend to overthink things. And I think I just need to try to contact my MPP and set yeah. up a time and just be, have a casual open chat about it and just explain that, you know, I went to vote and it just, I still needed, they needed to help me there. But the, even what they have there for accessibility isn't, very good and it still didn't feel like an independent process and again I think yeah I think I really do want to need to do that eventually mm-hmm. because things aren't going to change if we don't speak up to these things but it is, get in the game I guess yeah which is what we try to do with this show but you know that, that that's that, one option that's but one it's still doing it. good to to do other things as well we can't just do this and that's it always but mm-hmm. yeah just to have a conversation about about how you still needed help and yeah, just kind of good. explain the experience, just because they probably aren't even really aware, right? Mm-hmm. But just you always do go in there, and they're everyone just kind of scrambling a little bit, like, oh, what do we have, and what do you need? You know, I even what is asked, that? I just said, by the first blind person here, in here today, and they said, yep, and I don't mm-hmm. know, it's just well, you're used uh, to that, you know, a lot of places so you go many out things, in the world I get that you it, are. But, Sometimes you do wonder, and I realize that the turnout for voting was only, I think, 40-something percent, so it is still pretty low, so mm-hmm. I imagine there's some quite a few blind people who didn't as well, but... Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is, and just keep keep talking about it, keep thinking about it. And yeah. Other than that, recently I attended uh, the um, Braille Literacy Canada had a, a virtual Braille symposium, and so they had several speakers throughout the afternoon, 
And uh, I always like to go to anything and support the subject of Braille, as we've talked about, sort of brought it up several times in the show today. And so they had several speakers. They had Braillist Foundation, and they're out of the UK. Uh, so you can go to braillist.org. And they just had support groups, especially during the pandemic, to help people uh, learn Braille, you know, people who are newly learning it, people who needed to now, brush up on it. I uh, unfortunately wasn't able to attend. I was busy with my music show Friday and some other things. Mm-hmm. But did they, was there a reason that they had UK on? Like, obviously we have the Braille, we have Braille Literacy Canada here and we have other, um, we have things through them that, that you can learn Braille and meet up. So yeah. if you're not from the UK, can you still go to that one here even if you live in Canada? Like, was there a re- specific reason they had them? They're just showing you what's going on in, in other, other countries, countries right? and, and what things we can learn from each other. Like Braille, you know, Braillist was saying, oh, we, you know, Canada has that. That's great. Braille Literacy Canada. We could we could do that, too, that we could learn a lot from you guys and, and vice versa. Right. So I just think just to get a different perspectives. Uh, yeah, they had a few people from the U.S. here. And so Braillist has a Braillecast um, podcast it's called Braillecast.com if you want to hear that. Uh, so they had speakers from the U.S., as I said, from another organization who champions Braille, and they're called Hadley Braille for Everyday Use, was their exhibit. And it's a married couple, I guess. I think they're living in Alabama, I think. Kim and Douglas Walker, and they're di- the directors of research and development. So, yeah, again, that's out of the U.S., but that that is one that a lot of Canadians I've heard that also take this program, right? Right. The, the program that they offer yep. for learning Braille or you brushing can- up on their Braille skills if they, you know, some of us, we all... Hopefully, a lot of us learned it in school. I know there's a discussion that sometimes people don't learn Braille, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us have, and some people catch on more than others, and maybe someone that hasn't and who still wants to. It's great that they have these these courses and opportunities to, to try and pick it up even even later on in life. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just a great resource, and a lot of people can learn Braille. They get you know these, these courses sent to them in the mail, and some people can learn that way. Others kind of need a more hands-on approach, which was trickier during the pandemic. Uh, but uh, there was also another speaker, and he, he had, his talk was, what is the science of reading, and what does it teach us about Braille contractions? And so that was Dr. Robert, I'm not great with names all the time, Engleb... Engleb-Bretson? Engleb-Bretson, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, so he talked a lot about, like, you know, neuroplasticity and the brain, because it's not studied enough, Braille, the subject of Braille, how I was explaining to my guest last week, how I read with my fingers... I read by listening to some audio and some screen readers, but I also read by through my fingers, which your brain takes in information differently that way. And it, it, there should be more studies done on well, the importance of that because it will help with that school situation where a lot of teachers think if you have some sight, you don't need to learn it, and it can really help, and everybody well, it makes learns me think of this. Sorry to interrupt. I just really don't want to forget this. It makes me think of this, and I should try and reach out to her. When I was at that convention in Orlando, there was a, there was a student there who was, who was blind and who was going to, to go into school for neuroscience and right. did did a was doing a her thesis or some sort of project on 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 neuroscience with the brain with braille and listening so i actually volunteered because she was looking for volunteers to help to help with her her study where there was some there was some tests with numbers and words and, and other things too but there was listening ones with with voice on a computer but then there was also she had a braille display hooked up and some of it was by reading and it was pretty much comparing like what's the difference of peop, blind people who listen and don't read braille or ones that do both and how how are you taking information differently if you're reading it versus listening to it and mm-hmm. are you remembering things more by by reading them in braille compared to just hearing them and and it was just really interesting and i'm not sure where she's at now that was you know back in 2018 now but it was all really fascinating to 
to to meet her and make that connection. And I think I do still have her email somewhere, so I should reach out and get her on Outlook one of these days. Yeah, dig it up because you know, tell her about this guy's study. Maybe she's aware of it, um, what what he's up to there, and talking about how braille contractions work. You know, parts of words, suffixes, prefixes, and how when you read, you know, braille can can help you. And contractions are a bit hard to get across. They're just short form symbols so that braille doesn't take up as much space as when it's just called grade one braille and it's just, you know. All the letters of the alphabet A through Z. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to hear about. You know, I don't study, you know, neuro science, science, but it's fascinating to me and uh, love to sort of keep up with what's going on there. They also had paths to literacy, uh, walk through the paths to literacy for all things braille. And, um, you know, this is another great resource, path to, pathstoliteracy.org. And they focus on a lot of early childhood development, um, about a lot about Braille, but also about other tactile means of, of communication and learning. And uh, so they have a lot of great resources there for, you know, teachers of blind students and uh, children in general. And, and that's uh, another area that I still don't know enough about, about how it is today in Canada, how many... Braille teachers are there around here and how, because that's a whole other area. And that's something I've often sometimes thought about, like, you know, I'd be maybe interested in teaching Braille. I have no teacher's degree or, and I think even to get those, um, those qualifications, I'm not quite even sure how that works. Yeah. There are courses you can take that Braille transcriber courses that you don't have to be, have at like a teaching degree. I don't know what kind of work that gets you, but you could maybe be a Braille tutor of some sort. Yeah, it just seems like it'd be something interesting. I have no idea how you would teach it because it is a different mm-hmm. thing to teach. Like, obviously, I learned it, but I was so young. I don't remember Yeah, we learned it like that, everyone but. learns to read when you're a child. And so then the further back in your memory banks that is, it's harder to put yourself in that place. You know, I've had my struggles when I was in school learning it at times, but that was because my kidney failure kind of messed up my ability to concentrate and things like that. But now I rely on it so much and I think it's such a beautiful thing. And so I will never stop talking about Braille. But it's interesting how they had some, the sponsors there were uh-huh. pretty much a lot of people that we've had on Outlook already, which is great to see yeah, that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's in the Canadian market. It's We're all sort of sharing these resources. Yeah, and that's the point is networking and making more and more connections. And it's about having so many guests on different shows. Actually, we are recording uh, for the AT Banter podcast that we had on this show at the end of the month. They've invited us on to do an episode. So we'll talk about that more. But again, it just goes to show you have people on your show they invite you back on theirs and also these these organizations you you hear about them and and they pop up in every all sorts of places yeah so they had some sponsors for the event they were giving away some prizes here so purdy's chocolatier who we've had on outlook uh, you know purdy's.com they make a braille box it's 18 piece assorted chocolates and they have their legend in braille so i can pick what chocolate I want and not have to ask someone about that. So, you know, we've had them on the show and all this stuff and I've we've sampled their product. It's beautifully made, uh, you know, Canadian company out of British Columbia. Yeah, and then you got iDesign, who we had on quite recently, a couple of months ago now, I think, with Alexa Jovanovic. And uh, yeah, that was another really great episode and uh, she's just very enthusiastic with, with her business there, with designing, you know, accessible fashion with, with Braille on it. And it's also just to really promote Braille and it's for anyone, not even if, even if you're not blind. It's Yeah, go check out iDesign.com. So A-I-L-L-E design.com. You can buy fashion, you know, shirts and, and I think they have these new pocket square things for men's suits. She's, you know, she's um, designing more and more products I think that will be coming out in the coming years and it's it's just for anybody. It's kind of cool, you know, 
get some braille well, again, and it's, make it's a statement. The, it's the fact that she's not even blind. I mean, we're we're really trying to get more blind people involved in in these things too, because we we've talked in the past about CNIB and these things where there's a lot of people who aren't blind working for these. It's a lot of places people doing things for us. Where and, it's uh, we need to be taking the rules, but at the same point, we also do want allies, and especially in her case, where it's not she's not you know taking care of blind people or teaching blind people skills as a sighted person, but she's actually doing something that doesn't even it involves blindness stuff but it's for anyone and it's 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 mm-hmm. just awesome to see and just if you saw if you saw fashion you know items in a store with braille it just it's one more sort of style choice yeah you might see it and be like oh that looks kind of unique you might not even really know anything about braille but you might see it in a store and say oh mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to to purchase and and, and uh, have a different uh, fashion statement with this and yeah, so and they also had Kids Can Press there, which we've also had on Outlook this year. Um, I didn't like jump in and explain it, but kidscanpress.com, you can buy a, uh, a book called My City Speaks. It's a children's book uh, for sort of... Yeah, know, we had the author and illustrator of that book on Outlook mm-hmm. recently as well, as uh, Carrie, you were featured in that, in that project as, um, as a sort of... Uh, sensitivity reader yeah so I, I read the the manuscript of the book and made sure there were no glaring you know misconceptions about blindness that could sort of be harmful if, if put in a children's book but I, I just want to see this book in libraries there's an accessible one with braille in it and image descriptions of the photos and uh, so yeah I'm glad they were giving away that book it's nice to see that I was involved in that project also they had humanware there which we haven't had, had on no, but we've had them at our conventions. Right. We put on, we've hosted for the Canadian Federation of the Blind. But someday we'll get we'll we'll get someone on from Human where they they have offices in in the U.S. too, but they actually have um, one in in Montreal in, or in Quebec here. So we should have someone from Human Wear on soon. We haven't done too much talk with as much of a focus on technology, and you know some shows are very focused on all that kind of stuff and always talking about computers and softwares and, and all these things. We, we talk about it, but it's not something we our focus is always on really with this show. But I think it would be neat sometime to have, have humanware on just to talk about what they're up to and all the different Braille displays and products that they offer. Yeah, there are a lot of Braille displays on the market, which is what Brian and I have right here. We each have one in front of us. It's how we're reading our notes uh, so you don't have to hear in our screen reader voice chattering. <laughs> so, you know, if you can read Braille, it just gives you more options. And then you also have Crawford Technologies written down the notes. I haven't even heard of that. Do you want to? Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't do as much research into them. <laughs> oh, that's okay. They, well, people can look them up. Well, yeah, look them up. They explained who they are at the symposium on Friday, and uh, you know, it didn't stick with me as much. But there's I'm just sure. so many things out there, right? and that's yeah. what you start to learn. The more that, again, we always talk about. I guess like five years ago, right now, I, you know, I had Braille display and I had this the equipment for myself, but I didn't really know. We didn't really as involved in the blindness community, so we didn't have all these connections and all know about all these things. And obviously, there's a lot gone on since 2017, but it's just really interesting to uh, to learn more about all these things. And there's just so many events, more and more every day, it seems, as, as time goes on. Especially now, like even earlier with the Deaf Blind event coming up in July, which I'm sure we'll definitely talk more about because it sounds interesting to me. The fact, again, that there's now both options, virtual and in person, and it just makes things more open for more and more people to get involved. And it's, it's great to see. Yeah, and... Uh so that was the symposium on Friday. Uh, I'm glad I attended, and uh, there were a lot of people that I recognized in the audience. And uh, again, these things with with Zoom events, and now some more are becoming more in person. And it's sort of nice that we have both options. Yeah, for sure. So thanks again, everyone, for tuning in today. You're listening to Outlook here on Radio Western, and uh, yeah, I don't know, a few more minutes left here to kind of see what's 
coming up this week. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to mention, Kara. I have a few things. We have a few things going on, a couple things going on tomorrow and this week, uh, a few mm-hmm. things I'm working on. Yeah, we are um, going to be on another podcast and t- that's recording that tomorrow morning. Her name's Amy Amantia, and uh, she has she puts on every Wednesday night on Zoom. You can attend these dis- audio described plays and musicals and exhibits and and anyone can go- attend these. You know, even if yeah. you, even if even if you're not blind and you want to just get an idea of what that's like and yeah, if you go to Vocali, that's the organization. It's out of BC. Uh, yeah, seem to have a lot of connections there, but yeah, we need to get some more Ontario connections. And of course, you can always email us and uh, and reach out at lookonradiowestern at gmail. But right, but um, we're speaking with her, and I've spoke with her recently for some of her projects, and hopefully we'll have her maybe on Outlook this summer if we can if we can arrange that. But recently, I, I won't get into it too much. I'll wait till we speak with her probably. But I attended. She had a uh, it was called Through My Lens, and it was a really cool. It was like a one-woman show almost, and it was put on through Folda, which is a festival of living digital of live digital art. So F O L D A, and uh, so it was great. She just she she's one who has some sight, so she took some photos, and then she had sighted people look at them and describe what they saw, and then she explained how through her limited vision what she saw and what what caught her eye when she took pictures, and and I'm sort of past that. Uh, you know, you see a lot of articles about blind photographers, and it can be done. It's just the less the the less sight you have, the harder it gets to. But for some people, their camera is sort of another eye into the world that they like. So I just thought it was a cool art show, and I can't wait to talk to her about it when we can speak with her. Yeah, we'll definitely have her on the show. I have never met her or actually really talked to her, and I will be doing so tomorrow for her show, which I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. But uh, from what I have heard, she just seems like she's very interesting and has a lot always to talk about and. Well, she's an artist. A nice person to connect with. She on, makes jewelry. Yeah, she makes jewelry. She, she takes photographs. She, you know, she's a, a champion for audio description and image description. And uh, yeah, so I um, can't wait to speak with her and then have her on Outlook soon. Yeah, so I think that just about does it then for this week. I'm looking forward to getting home and had a nice weekend away, but it's nice to be back home and I'll be previewing a ton of music this week. You know how much I love that for my show on Friday. I'll be doing that, and yeah, it's almost summer time. We're having some family stuff coming up, and we'll talk a bit about that on future episodes. But uh, hopefully, we'll have some good episodes coming up ahead in in the summer here uh, about the theme of camp and other things. As I said, yeah, got a lot to look forward to coming up, and always great to be able to do this show. So thanks, as always, to Radio Western for giving us this, us this platform. Of course, we are available as a podcast, but I still love live radio the most. So I think, number one, we're, we're a radio show here out of London, Ontario, and that's a big, big thing for me to be local and have that ability for someone that just might be in the car and flipping through the dial and comes across us by chance and is like, oh, who's this? And you, know, you never know who what, might what be. What are they talking about? Might be listening, but... Hmm. But yeah, so we will be back next week with another episode. And everybody enjoy strawberry season. Enjoy some kind of wacky weather. All over the place. It's supposed to be pretty hot again tomorrow. So yeah, get ready for I, that. I sort of hibernate. But my guest recently from Brazil, she was a little more used to it. But still, heat can be hard on a lot of people. So take it easy. Hydrate yourself. As a kidney patient's always told, hydrate yourself. Yes, but that applies to anyone. Exactly. Even more so to us. But everyone should be drinking lots of water to, to stay hydrated in the hot weather. Exactly. So happy Father's Day. Happy Indigenous Peoples Month uh, day for everyone out there. Um, Just go out and learn. There's a lot more you can learn if you just get curious. Yeah. Have an open mind and expand your outlook on, on the world. Exactly. So, yeah, have a good week and we'll be back next week. 
send us an email. Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Outlook CFB. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.